This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, well, Griff, when you said about simplifying the calls, I think I'd like to take that a bit further because, they, you know, they did run a fair share of coverages again this game. You know, they even showed like Conjay Biggs coming, Conjay Diggs coming down into the, like the strong hook, like cover three buzz. It looked like you know, or it yeah, may have been a bit of cover one as well going on there, where they wanted him matched up on a tight end rather than a Ryan Neal or Josh Jones. But for me, the real simplification of the calls is that they continued falling into the bare front as their early down base deal, right? Like, right. pretty much barring like one or two, like first and second downs they were in their bare front deal that is after they spent most of the season trying to be in the two four five uh even front uh, nickel deal and they just kept getting run on and as we've said in this uh, previous tape podcast that was frustrating because it wasn't working it probably was more of a sean desai thing based off his history in chicago and sort of what he wanted to do i think her probably got sold on that because you know, the idea is that that's more aggressive in the sense that if you're going to get passed, you can pass rush better from four-man spacing with just four rushes than you can, in theory, from bare front with five down guys with one dude having to, like, loop to contain and, and it being a bit more difficult on people. Yeah. Just the angles and it being a bit clustered up in the middle rather than the even spacing. So, yeah. The no, fact I, that they, I agree with you, actually. The fact uh, they lent into bare fronts was was just so exciting, and they actually worked. So, yeah. Um, and so when you when that becomes your new like when you um, recommit to that being like your core your core front, your core philosophy, whatever you want to say, what you do the most of that naturally presents the problem of okay, that's great that you're playing fundamentally sound and everything but now because it has a downstream effect for the linebackers and the secondary and stuff even if you're playing the same coverages on the back end and with some change-ups right like you like you mentioned but then um that still presents that kind of puts you back to square one of why you wanted to go into four down in the first place right like well it's not the best thing for the spacing for a four-man rush for a multitude for a couple of reasons so then you have to if that's your fastball now you still have to have off speed stuff to kind of pick up the the slack for the inherent shortcomings of that and to just keep the offense on their toes um because again there's the principle of preventing positive plays from the offense that's like your main job but then you also want to generate negative plays as well for them right you want to have them going backwards so the easiest way to do that is well interceptions but you can't scheme interceptions you really just kind of hope and pray for them but you can you can get sacks going and so it's ironic that in their switch to living in odd fronts they got six sacks on kyler murray and they got six sacks from six different individuals too um so maddie what did you see from the pass rush that was different on a player-to-player basis and do you think any of that was related to actually being more in bear 
I think it's related more to being in bear in that they were able to get into more third and longs. And so when more third and longs happen, uh, you get into more passing downs. You can, well, a third and long is generally a passing down, right? You can, uh, you know, you can get in your dime calls. You can you can call in your 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 calls like bonus fire zones, which you know I know you'd like to speak to as well. And you can also get into fronts designed to get your Daryl Taylor's one on one. And you can get it. You know they were doing that in on previous games, but there was just nowhere near as many clear passing down. So that is less opportunities. It's less exposure for their you know the offenses tackles as we saw with Seattle themselves trying to protect the tackle, their rookie tackle pairing from pure dropback situations throughout this season. And so, you know, I think, again, I come back to, you know, as as uh, Chen and Nuosu said in his post-game press conference, you know, stop the run to have some fun. Well, we've heard that before. You have to earn the right to rush the passer, as Clint Hurts phrased it in the past. So the fact that they were able to actually bottle up the run game other than Kyler Murray and then, you come back to the bare fronts and Pete Howell's history with them back at USC, Vince Young runs all over him um, from like a kind of spread kind of system, the proliferation of the spread in the pack 10, maybe I don't, can't figure out when it turned into the pack 12, but, and mobile quarterbacks in that conference as well. Carol sticks with this bare front, you know, they come back to it in, in Seattle when they face mobile quarterbacks, like your Cal- Colin Kaepernick's, your Cam Newton's, and then 2020, Clint Hurts, like, not Clint Hurts, sorry, Ken Norton Jr. is like, well, this might be an idea with how we take the defense. I'm sure Clint Hurts probably had a say on that because he was on the staff. Then 2021, they do it even more and they have more variety. Now 2022, after trying this weird experiment, they're back to it. And really, if you think about Arizona, they have that mobile quarterback in Kyler Murray. And they also have the, you know, the presence of you know, kind of air raid uh, stuff, similar to the kind of spread systems that Carol devised it for originally. And so it's kind of the perfect fit in that sense. But for me, the big thing was, even in the bare fronts that they were running earlier this year, they were more in the mold of the Vic Fangio inside shoulder of the tackle four-eye yeah. technique. So Ty, if, if, you get the, uh, if you get me up on the wide, the wide copy here. So... That was called a tight front from Vic Fangio, and that was basically a head-up nose tackle and then two four-eye techniques, the idea being that they mirror-step the tackle from departure and and, and mirror-step there, so this. Uh, but by doing that, you're, you're kind of... Because you're clouding the gap up, right, and you might, you might win into the C gap or you might stick in your original B gap, the linebacker behind rather than just playing aggressively downhill, he has to kind of fit off your play a bit more. Um, he has to slow play a bit more. Also, if you're a four-eye and you're mirror-stepping at the line of scrimmage, your step, your first step is going to be more lateral and not forwards. And you're sort of, because you need to be able to mirror and react to where your tackle goes, right? And so that saw Seattle's line in previous games has been identified by KJ Wright and became a hot topic on Twitter. It's all their D-line, not lining up on the ball, but lining up sort of off the ball as though to give them more time to really read where it was going. And Seattle was doing this with two four-eye techniques. Now, what I saw from the tape drift was they went back to what they did last year technique-wise up front, 
where they played three techniques, even if it was even if it was a middle field open, they'd play with one three technique on the play. Yeah. And the three technique position is you're on the outside shoulder of the guard, you can smack him back with a six inch power step forwards. And then if you you know, you're basically one on one because it's five down. So you're basically one on one. And then from there you can shed into the backfield, you can play, but you're playing downhill. But it's also a much more obvious keeping off of the guard from the linebacker. And then the linebacker can go and shoot downhill from off that action. You know, and Jordan Brooks, this game, was completely alive, scraping and and getting into the backfield much more often. Cody Barton, on the brief stuff he did play in, was much more decisive. I've realized I've drawn too many people here. Anyway, so this is the nickel front, right, which I've drawn up here. So when they come in nickel, Cody Barton comes off the field. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And you've got your safety, Ryan Neal. They played him down to the tight end. Seattle still uses this four-eye technique, but only when it was to a tight end, right? So an extra gap. So it's to, to help buy time for the safety. And then, but really, like, that was even, even that looked more aggressive, right? Yeah, it, it just the way everyone was playing up front was more more aggressive and more decisive, and it made the picture behind for the second level linebackers Brooks often in the A gap, a lot lot cleaner, and even when they're in middle field open, the only reason they'd go into a, this mirror stepping kind of more passive uh, four eye technique, you know, is if there's a quarter safety behind who needs to fit a C gap, but then how's that any different to having a, a tight end there? It isn't. So it's only basically if there's a tight end there. Yeah, uh, and they ran. They were able to run all their middle field open coverages, all their all their middle field closed base coverages. Really, like fine from this. They even showed some drop eight, which is again a favorite approach against this kind of offense, where they're always releasing so many people downfield to just encourage the check down and rally to it. They did a pretty good job on that, but because of some missed tackles. But you know, Clint Hurt was asked about you know the idea of letting defensive linemen play more aggressively. And he said it's just finding their spots okay and creating more situations for them to be in their spots and do their techniques and things. I let those guys have some fun. There are still other times when they do things within the scheme where they're taking one for the team, so to speak, which I'd say is more talking about the four-eye technique. But again, part of coaching is finding things to help your guys be more successful. That doesn't mean it didn't yeah. happen before, but there are always things that you have to adapt and adjust to within a game plan, which again, referring to Arizona, Obviously, they took ownership of what they needed to get done. They wanted that, and they responded the right way. Which sounds more like this was a, this was like, you know, is more than just a one-game thing to me. Like, and, right. and like, I mean, I'm trusting what I've seen, right? Which is, this seems like a complete change. Um, so, kind of going off of that, I was wondering, you know, how how do you feel this? specific personnel kind of applies to this these changes and uh how well do you think that they all fit how all the pieces fit together here for this change well i'll i'll interject real quick i feel like 
part of it might have been Al Woods not being in there, but Brian Mona is just so much better at center. And I feel like part of it is he just, like I said in the recap, he just reads the, the game better from there because so much of defensive line play is split split second, you know, keying, reading, reading angles of departure from the blockers, reading the ball and everything, like right off the snap. And he was so reactive and everything. Um, I feel like the, the three technique really benefits Quentin Jefferson the most perhaps just because, you know, he's – He's a smaller defensive tackle, you know, he's like 290. Um, and he and that's you know on a tall frame too. So he's not the most dense guy for his position. So it lets him get vertical upfield. He did get in the backfield quite a bit. Um, and then when you have Mona playing more gap control oriented on the nose tackle, he can kind of fit off of Quentin almost. Um, so like Quentin breaks the running back's angle and then he you know, Mona can scrape back and, and do his thing. Also, let's Jordan Brooks rally to the ball, right? Um, so I feel like that just lets them play. It, I mean, it lets each player lean into what they do the the best the most. Um, yeah, and, 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 well, quick, like, yeah. On, on to your point, it's very relevant. I'm not interrupting you for no reason. Quinton Jefferson, he goes after the game, they just cut us loose. That's less reading and more getting off, which right. the reading reacting is the mirror stepping. And I feel like the guys we've got, it benefits us. We can get off and cause havoc. I'm not really built for reading. I'm built to attack the power stepping three technique stuff you're talking about. So it's yeah. just a fun game. And and so, and back to Mona, having a three technique. So like you see the three technique to his side, when that three technique is still B-gap player, he's a B-gap player, whether he's a four or a three, right? But by virtue of him being more on the guard, heavier on the guard, that means when you get like with that picture that Maddie has up there, if you have if you get um, zone left to the for the offense's perspective, so zone right to the to the defense's perspective, um, that means that backside guard is going to stay on the three more, and that ensures that Brian Mona is getting more of a one on one. It's harder to get the combos you want, um, at least on, on the backside. On the front side, it can be easier if it's a three technique and harder on you. Um, but so, I mean, I feel like we saw more of Mona playing more one-on-one. He didn't have as much du- doubles on him, and that just meant he was dominating a center. And it's, you know, a 350-pound nose tackle on a center. Um, the average center weighs a lot less than the average guard, so he's just decimating guys. Um, and, yeah. and that was pretty relevant. Because yeah. what was happening in the past, when they were even running this 2-4-I tight front for when they were middle field closed in bear, but they're also their main call was tight will six which was um only used to 21 personnel and that basically is quarters to the to the tight end and and cover two away now seattle when they ran that this game they and because it's against the shotgun it is a bit different sometimes and the cardinals are predominantly a shot a shotgun team but they still had one three technique and so what was happening in the past when they had two four eyes two mirror stepping two reading reacting dudes was like griffin said on on just basic zone even You'd have this three technique um, be a four eye, and and the, the the nose would get comboed and moved out of the place. Whereas now Mona is basically one on one with the center, and he's able to almost be an extra player because he can knock back the center, win to the backside a gap, and on some plays he can even run through. Like that's how his best plays came. Even Puna Ford was able to play the nose in past years because of that, because of how the three technique yeah. keeps the guard off people. And that's why, like, when you're playing with two, four eyes, reading and reacting, then the nose kind of has to read and react more as well. And that's just a different technique and a, and a different thing. And so 
this when I saw this, I was like, "Oh my word, it's the same. It's the same yeah. what they've done, and it's working." Like, and they're yeah. actually able to shoot, and it made much more sense when Pete Carroll said, "You know, we've changed a couple of things." So I was like, "Well, yeah, you've you've played bare fronts more, but um, what's the other thing?" And it's oh, we're just gonna do it like twenty twenty one, where yeah. or like when Pete Carroll was at USC back in two thousand six, <laughs> right. Right. And I feel like the, that same principle of having one-on-ones that also for the run defense that translated directly also into their pass rush plan because they had those games and twists up front. You're kind of forcing man protection, especially against an offense. This is a huge part of it. An offense that only protects with five most of the time. They're releasing their running back and their tight ends. They're not even chipping with them most of the time. So when you're doing that, I mean, they're just exploiting. They're, you're, you've got five on the line, so you kind of have to just play man protection. You're not sliding as much. Um, and so then that, that's why we Puna Ford was, was springing into the uh, what was uh, springing into the backfield because you know you you stunt the a gap with the the near three technique. The nose tackle rolls over, or it's vice versa. Um, but then also because you're, you're forcing man protection, that means your best interior pass rushers, Quentin Jefferson and Shelby Harris, they have a three-way go. So when, when, when they have their one-on-ones, they can work to the inside if they want, and they know the, the center is not going to slide to them. So it's, it's, it's Clint Hurts saying, and this is where Clint Hurts in his bag, right? So it's him saying, it, it's him saying like, yeah, this is to the detriment of the edge rushers, as in having two edge rushers that can fly off the edge, but this is what is working to our advantage. It's, it's the numbers and how we can influence the protection. And then the skill sets that we do have Puna Ford, isn't going to just win the B gap just by killing the guard with the speed rip. He's it's not what he's going to do, but he still has quickness. He still has some bend to him for a big guy. So you use the numbers to your advantage. You use you spacing to your advantage but you can still get those traits and accentuate them. So you have him coming around on a loop off of a stunt. And now you see those traits, traits flash and he got into the backfield a couple of times. So they're not going to get six sacks every week, but like this gives them the benefit of spending this much time in bear means that they're going to get really good at the ways that you can use bear to your advantage. It's kind of like you become really good at what you do a lot of, even if what you do a lot of inherently has drawbacks to it. Um, you kind of shore up its own weaknesses. This is how they're going to do it. Um, uh, 